Praise God. Why don't you turn your Bible with me? Praise the Lord. You know, the Lord spoke to me during the week about this scripture all the time. Praise God. For God, nothing shall be impossible. And then we heard it tonight, singing. And then we heard it tonight at the tongue interpretation. So wonderful to hear the witness in the spirit in the house. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Praise the Lord. I want to also give honor to these great musicians, uh, Sister Cass and the team, so wonderfully anointed worship service tonight, so praise God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to read from verse 21 all the way to verse 26. Praise the Lord. Say amen if you have it. Hallelujah. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off, them, off for themselves more than they should carry away they could carry away and there were three days in gathering of the spoil it was so much and on the fourth day they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka for there they blessed the Lord therefore the name of the place was called the valley of Baraka unto this day I'm going to simply preach on a message Remember the valley of Barak. Hallelujah. Why don't you just bow your head with me? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you use me, O oh God, as it were the oracle of your word. Speak through me, Lord Jesus, to your people tonight. Uh, help us, O oh God, to have uh, a move of the Spirit never like before, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray, O oh God, against anything that will come against the church of the living God. Right now, Lord Jesus, use us mightily. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Anoint us in Jesus' Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to the house of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Remember the valley of Barak. Imagine waking up one morning to learn that the enemies are at your doorstep. Marching in. They're coming to destroy your loved ones, your family your livelihood. King Jehoshaphat received such bad news that an invading army was barreling down against him. A coalition of the Moabites and the Ammonites and other nations were coming against them just to annihilate them. This piece of bad news prompted this king to proclaim a national fast and seek the Lord. You see, the dilemma triggered a national 
desperation for God's intervention. And for when the army shall come in like the flood, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And when that Spirit of the Lord speaks, that Jehovah Nissi moves in. When the people of the Lord pray and fast before him. He went further to remind the Lord of his great promises to the nation of Israel. He, he reminded the Lord to, that how he said that he was going to deliver them. If there is anything that's going to happen to them. And after this great moving prayer of this king Jehoshaphat, the Spirit of the Lord came on a man by the name of Jehaziel to speak a word of comfort. A word of consolation, I suppose, to his people. Giving them the divine plan of the Almighty God. Be not afraid, he said. Fear not, nor be dismayed. In other words, that word dismay it simply means to do not be broken up. Do not go into a breakdown mode. <laughs> Don't fall into pieces because you need to go out there against them and show what the Lord can do. For all things are possible with God. Tonight, I believe I've heard from God. I had my message for Sunday. I told pastor. I had the two messages. But I did not have a message for tonight. Until I got on a plane from Brisbane and the Lord spoke to me. I believe that there is someone in this place that God has sent me to speak to tonight. He has sent me here to rally up his people to man our position because the devil is coming against us. The enemy is relentless in his pursuit. In this very hour, he's trying to inflict pain all over this world. Headaches and heartaches. Many Christians are waking up every morning each day to untold burdens, dark valleys and to cross this, you know, that there are so many dark valleys out there. That they expect us to cross despite our best efforts. Despite of our perseverance. Life's weights and enemies' brutality continues to shatter our dreams and our aspirations. And the relentless bombardments of life's issues have taken its toll on millions upon millions of people out there. People are losing Sleep. People are losing hope. And sadly, many Christians today, they are caught up in the discouraging pandemonium, if you please, in the world out there. And their faith begins to waver. And they are buying into the mentality of impossibility. Come on. I'm talking to somebody in this place tonight. You we are buying to the mentality that everything is, the scientist tells us, oh, that's impossible. But I'm here to remind this great church tonight, uh, there is nothing is impossible with our God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look around us. We are living in a world in which many, if not most people, are engulfed uh, by valleys of Fear and anxiety. Unprecedented events are unfolding right in front of our very eyes. And people are just barely hanging on to the edge of sanity. And dwelling in the shadows of death as they are gripped with terror and trepidations. Lockdowns and restrictions, diseases and unknowns are all terrors that are knocking people all around the world today. Perhaps the enemy has driven you into a valley where you are 
in there right now. Perhaps the, that the enemy has pushed you into the valley of fear tonight. Perhaps that the, the enemy has pushed you into a valley of depression, in the valley of anxiety, into the valley of don't know what to do. Into some sort of a dilemma, you don't know what else to do. But I'm here to say, just like King Jehoshaphat, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. When I remember what God has promised me, when I remember what God has done in my life, when I remember what God had done at Calvary, I lift my voice, I praise God. Hallelujah. Let's remember what our great God can do. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. Saints God, nothing is impossible with God. He is still our way maker. He is still our chain breaker. He is still our miracle worker. Saints of God, He is still our healer. He is still our deliverer. If God be for us, who can come against us? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love King Jehoshaphat's attitude. I love it. Verse 3 of that great chapter. The Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That's the difference with this king. You see, fear is a normal human response. When we go through life, something you know, jump up at us, we nearly have a heart attack. As a baby is born, in fact, there are two things that they are born with. Fear of loud noise and fear of falling. <laughs> I wish Adam and Eve had that fear when they... But did you know that the first emotional response written in the Bible is fear. The Bible says they were afraid when they recognized that they were naked and they hid themselves from God. <laughs> but God says there is better companion in your valleys than fear. See, when we go through valleys, it's dark and gloomy. I don't know whether you've been through some valleys, but when you go through them, there are some things that really like Spook you. And you become fearful about it, don't you? Or everyone here is Superman, Superwoman. <laughs> God is saying, hey, fear is normal for people who don't know God. But I wanted to try something else. Love is better. See, I pray that there's a revelation in this place tonight. And I'm gonna pre, you know, I'm gonna preach to you something that God has revealed to me to reveal to you. Okay? Here it is. Fear is counterproductive in our walk with God. When you need to get the job done, fear is not good. When you go through your ministry, fear is not a good companion to have. Especially if you believe in God, fear doesn't work really well with God. Hallelujah. Why? Because your heart is too small for two. Fear and God. God wants to occupy everything. If we allow fear to enter our heart, you know, at the expense of God, God is pushed out of the picture. Amen. God is dethroned. He's pushed out. He's demoted from his rightful place in our heart. When fear, you know, this is the thing. When fear moves in, he likes to do some decoration and redecorating the place. 
You know what he does? With anxiety and hopelessness, he puts it around your heart. He puts insomnia in there. He puts depression in there. He breaks breakdown in your mental state in there. Fear is very heavy to carry, saints of God. All of these, they weigh us down. But love is beautiful, is fluffy, is wonderful, but powerful. Here we go. When we start to stir up the love of God in our heart, loving God again instead of fear. You know, when, when, you know, like David, when you encourage yourself to pick yourself up from whatever valley that you're in and you start to praise God and say, I'm going to just love God today. I'm just going to praise God and fear start to move out as love begins to move in into your heart. Oh, I'm in trouble tonight. See, as our, our love begins to grow for God in our heart, it begins to fill every corner and permeate every heart, every part of our very being. And my spirit is starting to quicken. Even though you're in your valley, it doesn't matter. Your spirit begins to quicken and, and, and start to, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden your feet start to, to shake. You know, have you seen those, uh, what's uh, that, that movie about the penguin? Happy feet. You know, that feet starting to go. <laughs> See, the Bible says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out all fear. Am I speaking to somebody here tonight? You see, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, the Bible says. See, as you, as your love for God begins to grow and, and, and take up every corner and, and push out fear from your heart out of the abundance of your heart because the love of God starts to, you know, to, to share the prod in your heart and then the abundance of the heart starts to, to shout out to the Lord and as your lips begin to quiver, saints of God, your mouth begins to shout out to the Lord and your legs begin to shake and your arms begin to lift up and let me tell you saints of God, that's when you stand up in your valley and it doesn't matter what comes your way, you begin to worship God in everything that you do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. All of your burdens start to fall off. You begin to shout and you begin to, the Bible says, clap your hands. All your people. You know, I don't know about you. If you have ever been into a situation where you are, you are so down, you had a bad day, everything is going against you. Have I got witness in this place? Or oh, you guys are all good. Yeah. Have those bad days. Usually have them a lot. But then, all of a sudden, you tell your heart, I remember that my God is still real. I'm going to just get my hands up into the air. I'm just going to shake my feet. And I'm just going to run for the Lord with tears running down. It doesn't matter. It's all up to me. I love God with everything that I have. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, maybe it's just me. But when you drive down the highway and you stop at the traffic light, the tears running there, worshiping God, and the people in the other car looking at you. You right, mate? Yeah. Yeah, just praising God. Just praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I love the fact the Bible says... He feared, but that he didn't rely on that fear. He proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. See, prayer is powerful. I'm so glad to see Pastor's mom here. She's such a prayer warrior. See, when you pray, 
the devil trembles. Especially when the church comes together in prayer. When you add fasting to our prayer, there's something else take place. Hallelujah. There's authority and power at your disposal. It will help to bring down strongholds. <laughs> fasting and prayer dethrones the enemy from our lives. Prepare our spirit to go the distance in life's battles. <coughs> fasting and prayers. I tell my church, I said, fasting and prayer, that's how the church judged the gates of hell. They charge the gates of hell, ripping them off the hinges in our pre, that's our preemptive strike in destroying the devil. Hallelujah. Fasting and prayer is charging the devil down and say, get out of here. And I love King Jehoshaphat and his ways. You know, the Bible says in verse 18, it says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And they stood up to what? To praise God. With a loud voice. You see, the devil has a panic attack when the saints of God begins to pray. You know why? Because when God moves, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And when it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in, it doesn't matter what areas of life that you, you know, as soon as you lift your hands up, as soon as you start to praise the Lord, He cannot help Himself. He's gone all weak in the knees and He moves towards you. Can I tell you, this is beautiful saints of God. Hallelujah. You know, and that word praise there. It's from a Hebrew word, halal. There are many words that describe. See, we only have one English word for praise. It's praise in English. But in Hebrew, it's the heaps. One of which is halal, which is this one. Halal means, uh, it, 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 this is where our word hallelujah comes from. Okay? It, that's the base word. It means to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to glamorously, foolishly worship God. We come to church and we say, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, it's finished now. I'm going home. I've always said this to my church. I said, if you pray, and you feel like your prayer life is just bouncing off the ceiling and come back down, you haven't reached out and touched the hem of his garment, more than likely you haven't praised God enough. You haven't lifted uh, your praise unto God. You know, sometimes we are worried about our clothes and how we look. We don't want to look bad to somebody. You know, but God wants us to clamorously foolish. I can put a television with a, a football show or something and we run around and say, yes, he's going to try. But when it comes to God, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Is there any wonder why we don't win our battles? Here he is, you know, King Jehoshaphat. He said, you know, people, the, the thing is, people go crazy about their football. They go crazy about the kind of sports they, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they equipped with the wrong spirit. Vodka and rum. But you are equipped with the Holy Spirit, saints of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ought to be go crazy to the, about the Lord. We ought to jump and shout unto the Lord. It doesn't matter what time of the day. We ought to shout unto the Lord in a voice of triumph, saints of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when the, we, we take a good look around us. I believe every destructive act out there that you see in the world, I believe, this is my opinion, Pastor will, you know, 
You always believe what pastors say. Don't believe the preacher. Okay? The world out there is being disordered and tormented by the devil. Every broken life, every war, violence act, every broken relationship, divorce rates are just going very, very high. It's a miracle if they get married for two or three years. They say, yeah, well done. How many years? A year and a half. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Crime of evil are all his handiworks. Although the gates of hell cannot prevail against a church of the living God saints, and I'm talking to the church here this evening, I believe the enemy is unrelenting in trying his very best to shut us down. He's trying his very best to corner the church into a valley somewhere. He's trying his very best to hold us hostage. Even in our homes, we fear. The devil's motive is very, very clear. He's out there to stem the flow of the worship of the people of God. The enemy wants to stop your praising, saints of God. The enemy wants to gag us in feeling that we can love God with everything that we have. His motive is to it's very clear to kill off our joy, to destroy our hope, and to steal everything that we have for Jesus. His mentality is cunningly clear to divide and conquer. This is why I think unity is the key ingredient to revival. <laughs> I love King Jehoshaphat. He got up and he started praising. Everyone was bowing with him. They were not running around doing their own thing. (laughs) I come tonight to encourage somebody in this house. The enemy is so real. Don't play games with them. Perhaps they're overrunning your life right now. Perhaps the enemy is pushing you into a valley of fear somewhere. Perhaps he has forced you into a territory of pain and depression, whatever that may be. But I stand here tonight with David and say wholeheartedly, though I I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo! I may be in my valley of depression. I may be in my valley of poverty. I may be in my valley of heartache. I shall fear no evil. I will call upon the Lord and the Lord will hear me. God is always faithful and visit me. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Let's shout unto the Lord and say, Lord, I will never, ever Give up on you, Lord. Woo! Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let me tell you something tonight. You see, valleys are an in, in, inevitable. They come. Because between two mountaintops, there has to be a valley. From your glory to glory, there has to be a valley. <laughs> Some of us, we want to build bridges. Some of us, we want to fly a helicopter across. <laughs> it is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But can I tell you, when the when comes, you must make sure who is invited into your valley. Is it Jesus or is it somebody else? Or it's just yourself? You see, I want to I say this, and, and if you don't remember anything else I say tonight, I want you to remember this. Just because God is for you, this great church, it doesn't mean you won't have anything that comes against you. 
In fact, it almost guarantees that you will. <laughs> the greater the calling, the greater the resistance. The greater the afflictions. But the greater the anointing, the greater the attack. But the proof of the power and the presence of God is not in the absence of attack. But rather in our ability to stand up and say, I will praise God. I will worship God. I will have you hold on to my hands. I'm not going to deny my valley. I want you to hold on to my hands, Lord. In the midst of my downtime, in the midst of my heartaches, I want you, Lord, to hold on to my hands. Hallelujah. You may be in a difficult valley. The diagnosis may be it's against you, but I will invite Jesus. The job situation is against you, but I still want to invite Jesus, I your past maybe is haunting you, but I still want to invite Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! I've got news for you, devil. You see, sometimes he moves up to us, and you know, I want you to remember this verse: rejoice. I love that scripture. Rejoice not against me, my enemy. Oh, my enemy, don't, don't, don't laugh at me. When I fall, I shall arise. You know why we arise? Not of my own doing. Not of someone else's strength. Not someone put me, you know, it's fine. But the Lord is with me. Nothing is impossible with God on our side, saints of God. <laughs> Invite Jesus. See, tonight, it's time to invite Jesus into our valleys, whatever that valley may be, depression, sadness, or fear, trepidations. You know, some of us may be shackled by a lot of bad memories. Some of us are shackled perhaps by unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. But I'm here tonight. It's time you dance out of those valleys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read the verse 21. It says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and they should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the enemy and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endure forever. See that word praise here is the hila. There's another word, okay? Open and publicly uninhabited praises. Okay? There is the war cry of his people. <laughs> this is the kind of, 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 of praise that, that wins battles. Yes, you can do that. You don't need to just go and praise. Please help me, Lord. You can stand up and shout unto the Lord. You remember Paul and Silas? <laughs> And when they begin to praise, begin to tehillah the Lord, all the chains break down, saints of God. All the shaking on the foundation of the prisons and the prison people out there, they heard them. They, they won those battles. You know, you see a football match. I know I keep going back to football. In, in Eastern Australia, we talk about rugby, okay? And, and the All Blacks, If you, any Kiwis in the house? Good, because I don't like the, 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 uh, the All Blacks. I used to follow them, but I, uh, I'm a diehard Wallaby fan now. I like the South African team too. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'd love to go to Pretoria and watch a game there one day. Praise the Lord. But see, you know, and, 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 and they come out, the haka happening. Come out there, come out there. You know, this Tehillah is your war cry. You are, you're psyching out the devil. You're psyching out your problems. You standing up and said, I am not going to lie down. I'm not going to stay in my valley. I am coming out and I'm going to praise my way out of there. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to run around because I know right there I can win my battle, saints of God. Tehillah. Tehillah. Sounds like a drink, doesn't it? <laughs> You see, when fear, when, when, 
when the lament of fear changes to praises. Something's changed in the spiritual realm. Oh, pastor got it. (laughs) Praise God. You see, something happens. There are two things happens, I believe. First, God moves in and fight your battles. God moves in and answer your cry. God moves in and do what you ask Him to do. And the other one is God moves in and change your attitude. Oh, Lord, I don't want to be down here. God said, stay down there until He learn a lesson. Sorry, I'm in trouble here, Pastor. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off the sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Let's dance our sorrows away, saints of God. Let's shout our miracles to come. Let's... Woo! Hallelujah, Jesus. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of victory. There is victory in Jesus. There is victory in Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You see... This is, this is something beautiful. This is something for free. I'm giving you two for free. You can pay me later. <laughs> you want to hear a revelation for free tonight? <laughs> the devil does not know what to do with those who praise in God in the midst of their valleys. Are they supposed to be crying? Are they supposed to be hurting? They're supposed to be lying on the ground and crying all the day long. But why are they praising God? He has no idea in his thick head what's going on. Oh, that was a beautiful revelation. When are you going through your trouble and you begin to worship God and you begin to lift your hands unto the Lord and the devil look at you thinking, really? I tried to make it bad for him. But look at him. He's worshiping God. He's praising him. Aren't they supposed to be crying and whining and complaining? But look at sister so-and-so. She is worshipping. Look at brother so-and-so. He is dancing. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes when the devil pushed you into your valley, deep into your valley, it's just like Paul and Silas pushed them deep into the prison in a prison of torment into your impossible situation. It is right there that you are strategically positioned to win your victory. <laughs> Let me say that again. It is there that you are strategically Set up to grab the devil by the throat in your praise and say, Jesus and I are in charge here. You get out of this place right now. And when you begin to lift your hands under the Lord, and when you begin to shout, you know, when God moves in, it's game over for the devil. But see, oh, I... I want to I want to tell you another revelation for free. You see, <laughs> there is what I've noticed. This is in my own experience. I've noticed myself personally when we when I enter into my valley or valleys, there is this out of control feeling. Perhaps it's driven by fear. Perhaps it's driven by not knowing what's going to happen. 
Does that happen to anybody? Okay. Okay, that's good. There's this feeling inside of me that is welling up inside of me. And I begin to, you know, to, to start taking on fear. It's like taking on water and you start to tune out the voice of God and you fine-tune yourself to the voice of the evil one. Especially in the valley. Does that make sense? You see, in the valleys, if we are not vigilant, if we are not careful, we can become spiritually psychotic. What I mean by that, we begin to hear voices. Oh, pastor, I don't love you. Sister so-and-so, did you see how she looked at you? Brother so-and-so, oh dear. You see how he turned his back on you? Jesus doesn't love you, bro. And you see, and you start to believe his lies, his, 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 all these delusions. And, you know, the loudest of the voices, see, Jesus talks to you at the same time. But because you fine tune yourself to the voice of negativity, he starts to speak to you so loud in that valley and getting you to fret and have a disillusion with God. That's what he does. You see, the church don't care for you. Why are you going to church? Look, you are suffering right now in your valley. Nobody visits you. Pastor, look at the way he looks at you. He loves so and so better than loves you. And getting us to become hostile. And before long, we instead of praising uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak and praise, uh, we start to gossip about one another. Oh, Lord, help us. See, you know, Pastor, I would have told you that the devil's power and authority today is his ability, his ability to speak lies into our mind and get us to self-destruct. You see, his voice, the Bible says the voice of Lucifer is magnificently perfect like an organ. Okay? All he can do is, you know, if you're not careful, he will interject into your head. And he will start speaking to you lies, especially in your valleys. And when he gets you to, to, to listen to him, you start to self-destruct. It's different to the mountaintops. Guess who speaks to you on the mountaintops? Your most formidable enemy is the flesh. The flesh loves comfort. Flesh don't want you to go down the valley. It's too much sacrifice. Don't follow the calling. Come on, it's too much sacrifice. Or they want you to go to pray in the morning. No, come on, have a little sleep in. Flesh speaks to you on the mountaintops, but the devil loves to speak to you in the valley. Saints of God, we must fine tune ourselves. Get to know the voice of God. Hallelujah. You see, I want to I wanna finish up my, my message tonight. I want to talk about Job. You know, Job would have been the most confused man that I read in the Bible. You know, I mean, here's a man who the Bible says loved God. And, and, and hated evil. Okay? The Bible says that he was the greatest man in all the East. He was the post, the post, the poster child for a godly life. <clears throat> he was the man that the pastors, all pastors, including me, would love to point out uh, when <laughs> counseling their congregation, especially the bad ones. On the benefits of godly living like Job over there. He was blessed, prosperous. But in a few days, everything changed. In a few short days, everything, without warning, without provocation, no, you know, no change in his lifestyle. The Bible says he didn't even curse God. He didn't turn to false gods. He didn't backslide. His life was turned upside down. His oxen were killed. 
His children were killed. His camels were taken away. He was taken away. His sheep were annihilated. Tornado, as I said, killed his children, uh, house and killed all his children and their wives. His wife turned against him. You know, but to me, to make matters worse, the wrong voices of the devil begins to flow in in the form of his three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. I call them the modern-day equivalent of Dr. Phil, Dr. John Jordan Peterson, and the Dalai Lama. They turn up to give him some moral support and some coaching therapy, CPT perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> the devil thought that he'd won this round. He's taken pretty much everything from this man and shackled him with boils and pain and weighed him down under loads of depression. But I love Job's attitude, saints. The Bible says, you know, that, that, that he, he did not curse God. You may hurt my body, Job says. Bound me in this valley. I came into this world naked. I love his attitude. And I will return naked. Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. I wish uh, all the Pentecostals, apostolics out there would say exactly the same thing when they go through trials. Uh, if, if all I have left uh, is my voice, uh, I will worship God. If all I have left uh, is my hands, I will clap unto the Lord. If all I have left is a breath in my lips, uh, I will shout unto the Lord. I love it. And his health failed him miserably. And I could imagine him got up. Uh, you know, I told you about this love thing. And his, his fear, he, he would have, he would have shaken a little bit. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord on high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord on high. I love his attitude. You see, sometimes we have bad attitudes when God is trying to teach us a lesson. When we're going through our valley, we get cranky and we play, God, you don't like me. You know, but I'm here to say, I love his attitude. But you know, this is what Job says. Man is born of a woman, is few of days and full of troubles. I am not serving God for what I will get here in this world. I am serving God for what comes on the other side, saints of God. If we have that attitude, it doesn't matter what life throws at me. I will bring my hands up and I will shake my feet and I will shout, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll ask the musicians to come up. I want you to stand with me tonight. The Bible says they utterly destroyed. The enemy utterly destroyed each other. You see, when we invite Jesus into the midst of our valleys, into the midst of our pain and our heartaches. <laughs> Those three Hebrew boys, they found it out. When they blessed the Lord, the fourth man came. <laughs> Walk in the midst of their fiery furnace. I can tell you right now, Jesus was faithful back then. He's still faithful today. Perhaps you are loaded with guilt of condemnations, pushed down into a valley of resentment, and taken down into the depth of hatreds and unforgiveness. You can shake them off and dance your way out of there. If only if you can just tell your legs, as David says, I encourage myself in the Lord. 
Hallelujah. When Jesus is invited, uh, game's over. And the Bible says in verse 26, and on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place. See, Baraka is the first, the third place that we're talking about tonight. That word Baraka, that's where our word Barak comes from. It simply means to kneel down and bless God in adoration. Just like Job did. I may be going through my tough times. I may be going through this valley right now. I may be going through some very, very difficult situation right now. But I will kneel before you, Lord. I am going to lift my voice unto you, Lord. And I'm going to worship you, Jesus. I don't care what this world has to offer. (coughs) But I will praise you, Lord. I bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong. You know, God has blessed so many of us. I think it is rightfully His to have our praises tonight. I wonder if you can just, I know we are running a little bit late tonight, but wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you believe that God can bring you out of your valley. It doesn't take a whole lot to lift your voices unto the Lord, to lift your hands unto the Lord, and then you shake it unto the Lord, and you dance before the Lord, and say, Lord, I bless your holy name. Lord, I worship you. Jesus, you are awesome. I worship you, Lord. Come on, let's see a little baraka. Remember... The altar is open tonight. I want to open this altar. If you want to come, if you want to stand, if you want to praise God, if you want to say, Lord, I worship you. I praise you, God. Come on. Lord, hold my hands. Lord, hold my hands. Hold my hands, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah.